Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange, hosted today by our regular five, Ed, Ed, Mike, and Daniel from across the pond. We're happy to have everybody here today, even though it's a very slow news week. So I'm assuming you, everybody is- You didn't teaching. include yourself, Stephen. He said, he said five. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I'm not that important. This is our version of the five. There, it, it is our version of the five, only we have a much higher IQ. Um, <laughs> that's why I didn't include myself. You see, that's how- But it, none of us are as hot as some of those girls. Uh, yeah. Well, well, some of us identify hey, as very right. attractive. Exactly. And I have very long hair, too. Um, I would assume that he's itching to get their digs in on the Hunter Biden thing. Dan what is there to say? Daniel, you want to say something about Hunter Biden? Um, I mean, what can be said about this wonderful man that hasn't been said before? Um, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's just, um, you know, it, it reminds you of Saddam's children, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's almost at that level now. And, and the fact that he's getting away with what's merely a slap on the wrist for... Um, obvious criminality of a very extensive kind um you know they're, they're using this to sort of say that there isn't a two-tier justice system um and they're right but they're right in the sense that it's gone beyond merely a two-tier justice system it's a, a mob justice system it's it's a completely corrupt Granada republic um state of affairs and uh it's just you know you've got a free pass because you're the um uh, illegally installed president's son um and that's how it seems to work now i think mike got a free pass because he's the president's son he's got a free pass because he's a democrat yeah. i think my two questions really are at the moment is this investigation really over in delaware or are they still investigating other things and then as someone else had pointed out i can't remember who that can they no longer hide behind this is under investigation and therefore we can't tell Congress anything and Congress can't ask any questions about anything. So, and is that a positive? My gut says they'll say it's still under investigation and nobody can ever talk to anybody. Exactly. By the way, am I the only American sick of hearing this already for 30 years? It's under investigation so we can't talk about it. <laughs> I don't know, what, is, what does Durham say? Uh, did anybody listen to him today? No. The only right to remain silent exists with defendants, not with the prosecution. No, I don't I'm saying the, um, you know, Ray and all the FBI people, et cetera, et cetera. Every other word out of the mouth is we can't discuss that because it's under investigation or it's in litigation. And you see Congress people getting really, really upset and say, you know, we're really getting tired of hearing this stuff. Because you never. Well, another way to do it is just, you know, in, in Britain, they favor setting up an inquiry that takes, you know, five or six years. Um, a full so independent inquiry. Yes, an independent inquiry. Um, that's a good way of getting around it as well. So I, I they, apologize, they might... but if anybody wants to know how politics works in the United Kingdom, please, please go watch uh, Yes Minister. Uh, I think some of the episodes are on YouTube. I mean, that. Uh, it's it's the perfect introduction to political science. In fact, if I ever taught political science, that would be the only text is yes, minister. You agree with that, Daniel? Uh, it's brilliant. It was a brilliant show. Uh, it was Thatcher's favorite show, apparently. 
Notice how quickly they, they were able to move without an investigation on the January 6th defendants. Notice how quickly they're able to move against Trump. What I don't understand is the January 6th, uh, Ed, uh, why wasn't the committee continued in this, in this new contract, in this new Congress? They could continue the committee, right? Just have people suggested it. Yep. And maybe they should have subpoenaed Pelosi and Schiff and. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Or, exactly. Or, I mean, it's again, it's it's McCarthy's preemptive I mean, surrender. And, and, that, and that also the one cop who shot uh, the woman dead. Dorn, Richard Dorn, I think. Yeah. His name is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is interesting that with all their other committees, supposedly they never picked up on that one. I mean, I mean, what, what, like what a just rail, isn't it? What justification was given for not continuing that? Because they could have taken because, control of it and continued it, couldn't they? Yeah, well, they we, didn't we, want to be. We, they, they thought that it would be that. Uh, you know, they didn't want to be accused of po- being political the way the Democrats <laughs> were. So I'm looking I, at I, this they, story here in the Epic Times from the 14th, during a field hearing on the January 6th Capitol breach. A contingent of House Republicans weighed using the power of the purse to respond to alleged civil rights violations of January 6 prisoners and defendants. And it's, uh, you know, Green, Gates, Boebert, and a couple of others, which I don't know if they're investigating it in the supposed field um, hearing or whatnot. And again, you're never going to get apparently more than about 10 Republicans who give a hoot. And I'm not the only one who has said America should like be so up in arms about those poor people, but nobody will be. Why isn't Trump up in arms about them? <sighs> I mean, uh, you know, we've got Daniel on this week. So finally, we get to hear Daniel talk about that. You know, Trump is Trump likes to say, you know, they're only coming after me because they want to get to you. Well, they only went after the January 6 people because they wanted to get to Trump. What has he done to help them? What has he done financially, politically, anything? Well, I don't know what he's done financially, but he has a history of donating to people and not publicly revealing it, which goes back decades. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's given financial contributions for them. Um, this is a little different you know, than private than than quiet charity on the side, though. This is political. It does impact him, and it impacts his campaign. Yeah, and he said that he will, you know, he said that the vast majority of them would be um, pardoned and released under his presidency. Um, But even then, I mean, that's playing political games, too. I mean, this is such an outrageous thing. It deserves a blanket pardon. He shouldn't be going through it case by case because they didn't go through it case by case. I totally agree. I totally agree, but what other candidate is saying that? Is DeSantis saying that? No, he isn't. I think Vivek said it. Vivek has been excellent on a number of points. He was he's been the strongest in uh, of the other candidates supporting Trump uh, against the lawfare being arraigned against uh, Trump. Um, so um, it doesn't surprise me that he's been the best on this as well, because he's he's consistently uh, doing better than. Trump or DeSantis in terms of um, uh, being prepared to call things out. I believe DeSantis said something about the J6ers, but since I can't swear to it, I won't. Um, And I, 
listen, should Trump have pardoned them on his way out of office? Who knows? They weren't even arrested yet. I mean, the whole thing. Oh. I mean, that was only two weeks. He ago. didn't even know their names. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't, it, you know, I, I don't think like Ed said, you could just uh, offer a blanket pardon to everyone who was in Washington, D.C. that day. I don't know right. how he would have done it. He could have used the same technology that uh, Bank of America used to blanket hand over every single person in Washington, D.C. that day. He could have just taken their records and pardoned everybody. No, but I mean, he's pretty loud about, you know, lying about DeSantis and calling DeSantis names. He could be pretty loud about the January 6th people. I mean, we shouldn't have to wait for Marjorie Taylor Greene and and uh, Matt Get gets to go and, and raise a stink at the jail. Trump should be the one raising the stink at the jail. Those are his people. They're in jail for him. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking with Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example. You're talking about a very strong Trump ally who yeah. is putting this across. So there may be a, you know, a calculated thing of, of that he's doing it through associates, not directly Yeah, but really, himself. he's the highest profile person in the country. And what a statement that would be if Trump would go to the jail and stand there and have a hunger strike. Yep. Well, I wouldn't expect him to have a hunger strike, but I mean, just stand there, you know, I mean, just, just stand there and, hey, and I'm make not, I'm not you, here. he could do a big press event in front of that jail and make, a you big, know, in Israel, he could say enough, enough is enough. Okay. Exactly. You know, in, in Israel, once in a while with the members of Knesset do particularly right wingers, though now the left wingers are nuts anyway, they'll move their office into an area. Just temporarily. See, they'll set up this, a tent somewhere. This is where some of these other candidates like DeSantis should be smart. He should preempt Trump and go do it. But it's, it's the same in both cases, isn't it? It's What's the that? same. I mean, it's criticizing Trump for lack of action there. But to me, the lack of action from other candidates in support of Trump, other than words, and when DeSantis gave his words, he could only, you know, say about, oh, there might be a two-tier system and we can't have that. Well, that's far, far too weak from DeSantis as well. All of these candidates should be supporting the January 6th people completely. I agree with it there. Trump should and all the rest should. They are. Yep. Well, let all me ask you on be, a personal all of level. Them should be supporting Trump 100% why against the they, why, waged against him, and they aren't. Why should a candidate who's being personally bashed and taken to task and lie about help Trump at all? Why? Because uh, um, what's attacking uh, them is a, a lot worse than mean tweet tweets about them. It's not, it's not, not, even, it's not, it's not even about helping Trump. It's about standing on principle. Yeah, it's absolutely. If you allow this, if you allow what they're doing to Trump, you have no law. You are a tyranny. And it can be turned on any of the other candidates. It can be turned on any Republican. It can be turned on any ordinary person. Um, so you cannot accept it and you have to fight it 100% and they're not doing that. Okay, what should, what should DeSantis do, for instance? Well, I mean, again, I, he could preempt Trump. He could overtake this issue easily by just going outside that jail himself. No, as far as what they're doing to Trump, Trump's under indictment. What could DeSantis he could have do? Done, he could have done what well, Vivek did and, and go to Miami. I mean... Um, he, could, he could offer... Funds for for lawyers. He could offer. Um, Wait a minute, Trump. I think Trump Burnley. is worth like 
billions. Why would he offer him money? It doesn't matter. It's the gesture. It's the gesture. And um, whoa, 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 Daniel, Daniel, that's that... what Edges said that Trump should be offering money to the poor J Sixers who have nothing to eat in their families. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. Just give money. I agree with that case as well as what right. I'm saying. So why would the Santas give Trump? They should money? all. They should all be recognizing that this is a battle against tyranny. And it doesn't matter who the participants are. You I agree with you, Daniel. And and I have a lot of problems with some of the things DeSantis is doing. But I'll, I'll disagree with you to a small extent. And here's here's the extent. Trump is lying about DeSantis and, for instance, Fauci. OK, yes, DeSantis closed the beaches in Florida even before the moron in California closed the beaches in California. But DeSantis did not love Fauci. DeSantis did not stick with Fauci. And Trump is lying about that. If Trump wants to unify the party, he needs to stop lying about people. There are plenty of things you can criticize DeSantis about that are legitimate. If he wants to lead and, and he wants people to follow him, he needs to stop the lying. Just like he should, he needed to stop calling Ted Cruz's father the assassin behind the Kennedy assassination. So, Ed, with your permission, Ed. But, but you can't expect people to, to get behind you when you're going to lie that blatantly about them. So, Ed, I don't know if you saw the Breitbart story, which from, from yesterday headlined Trump, I wasn't allowed to fire Fauci. Yeah, that's the story I, I was usually wouldn't let that stop me. DeSantis loved him, and I didn't spend much time with Fauci. That infuriates me. Uh, it's such a transparent lie. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't fire him. Forget uh, it. Not just that I couldn't fire him, but the guy still the fire call me, but he couldn't fire Fauci. Because the guy still defends everything Fauci did. He defends the vaccines. He defends Operation Warp Speed. If Trump wants to condemn those things, okay, then you can start maybe picking on people who don't condemn Fauci enough. But Trump is Fauci's biggest backer. And it's such a blatant, transparent lie. It's not even about Fauci at this point. It's about his ego. He's never, ever going to say he was wrong about something like that. Did you guys see Rand Paul sticking up and saying that Warp Speed saved many, many, many hundred million lives or something? I was shocked at Rand Paul. He did not. Did he really? I was absolutely shocked. To see God. that story, and we'll get to the story. It's another. It's that's a the, that's the story. thing I, I think we don't acknowledge One just second. how successful the con job was, and it was. I think it was partly successful on Trump. It was partly successful on a lot of Republican voters. Uh, you know, we're probably not the majority yet in recognizing that those in fully recognizing that those vaccines were a disaster. And deadly. I think we're, I'm, we're I'm shocked. I don't I'm disagree with that, Daniel. But explain to me how Trump can how can Trump on the one hand can defend warp speed and then on the other hand try and tie Fauci to to DeSantis? I mean, Fauci is the the vaccines. Well, at, at the moment, um, Fauci is science. Don't forget. <laughs> at the moment, um, DeSantis is the biggest obstacle block for Trump in the nomination. And he will throw anything he can at him. Um, it's and he can't complain uh, about lack of unity. You can't have it both ways. It's slightly different, isn't it? Because 
Oh, did we lose Daniel there? Oh my goodness. I'm hanging on the edge of my seat. Of a tyranny. Oh, Daniel, we, we lost you there for a, a second. Well, there's a different there's two different things being equated there. You know, uh, as as incorrect as some of uh, Trump's verbal attacks might be, they are merely verbal attacks. You know, DeSantis is not facing going to prison. Um, and um, the the attacks on Trump need to be responded to much more and considered more significant because that's about removing the most popular political opponent you face to fix another election. How many of the people in Trump's orbit did time in prison, including, I believe, solitary, whether Manafort, Papadopoulos, whatever his name is, um, what did Trump do for them? Nothing. Trump's about Trump. So, you have, you, and by the way, if DeSantis, because some of them still support him. If DeSantis is arrested tomorrow, you think Trump would would speak up for him? No. And trust me, they're going to go after DeSantis. They're already the hit pieces on DeSantis that are coming out. What are the one I see today? Some rich person gave him something, or he wants to look at a rich person, or, or whatever. I, I think the hit Trump's calculation will be if it benefits him, he'll do it. See, yes, I, I, I agree with Ed M. If you're going to say party loyalty or loyalty to the rule of law, I think that's going to have to go both ways. Um, yes, should everybody. No, no, no that's, that's wrong, Stephen, because um, it's not just about asking for personal loyalty. It's about if you let them take down in this manner the strongest candidate there is and the biggest threat to them, then they can do it to everyone else and there is no law. I, I totally That's agree with you. I totally 100% agree with you. But is there no limit? So Let in me, other words, if Trump is literally spitting... Before you totally 100% agree, are you sure you agree that... Trump is the strongest candidate. No, I, mean, I didn't agree with that. Gone, well, 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 I'm not I mean, agree with but that. that's but but you know, respectfully, Daniel is smuggling that in. I think. And okay, that's I, the whole okay. that's the whole argument here. Hey, this right? is, why is Trump the strongest candidate? No, I mean, we want to have a primary over that, and Trump is doing everything. Well, he, he, no, let me he just finish my point. I'll let you he speak. is by he is by polling, and he is by support, isn't he? No, I mean I've looked at some of the polling, and the polling is skewed. They're, they're polling Democrats. They're polling registered versus likely voters. They're doing a lot of things to make the polls look much more favorable to Trump than they are. But that said, the whole Trump is doing everything in his power to prevent there being a primary, to prevent us from finding out who the strongest candidate is. He wants us to just concede it without an argument. And if we're talking about rule of law, democracy, our free republic, that's almost as dangerous as what's happening to him. It's not as dangerous, but it's a pretty big threat to what we're doing. We don't have a king. Not that I have anything against the British monarchy, but we don't have a king here. And Trump is all about making himself king. And I, I may vote for him. I voted for him before. I don't have anything personal against him. But if we're going to talk about threats to the, to the republic, Trump is not totally innocent on that. And if he wants to defend the Republic, and I want him to defend the Republic, well, then he needs to change some of his tactics. In a Republic, it's not just about 
anything to win. It is about following the rule of law. It is about being truthful to the voters. And and Trump is not truthful to the voters. Go ahead. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, that's that's fine. I mean, we've known all along that that um, Trump exaggerates and and Trump is uh, you know will say things that that probably don't help him at times. We've known that all along. But I just think the achievements that he put in place whilst he was president and the things he has suffered since being removed and ousted uh, and, you know, illegally, um, he has is, he is, he is delivered. He has a track record of delivering. And it infuriates me that, that now the argument seems to be that he didn't deliver anything or that he didn't drain the swamp completely. No. We the, the, the record is mixed. It's mostly good, but there's some bad in there too. Right. He does have a track record. Exactly. He's got some, he did some great things, but the truth is most of his great things are not lasting. Most of his great I mean, the, the, the best thing he did was the courts, right? The courts are probably the best legacy he has at this point. Even there. I mean, he gave us Kavanaugh. Okay, but you, it's not just the Supreme Court, right? I mean, it's just throughout the system. Probably the, the best thing that happened. That probably is his best achievement, I agree. But and then there are black marks like the spending. I think MAGA itself is a, is a great achievement. Being able to talk about making America great again, putting America's national interest first, is, is a huge step that we haven't seen since pre the end of world war two hmm. i mean the whole immigration in 75 years and trump that is all trump he deserves credit for that but, but he also deserves blame for hiring one awful person after another for refusing to fire fauci and burks and and a whole bunch of other people for not taking the bureaucracy and the deep state seriously until it was too late and, and that doesn't else? diminish his who huh? else has? You know, the, the, is there the some great track record from another Republican that I'm not aware of where they not purge the level. Of no. swamp people? No, not at the presidential level. But he is trying to, I mean, DeSantis is doing it in Florida. It, Florida is not D.C., but he is doing it in, D, in Florida. And Trump is not trumpeting DeSantis's achievements. He's attacking them. I mean, if he's against the deep state, he should be against the deep state. I mean, it's the same kind of loyalty. Loyalty is not one way. Loyalty is both ways. And in this, I mean, and he doesn't have to go and praise him. He can just deal with it the way he deals with Vivek. Right. Yeah, but with all due respect, I mean, everything that DeSantis has done in Florida has been good. But. Being a successful governor is not the same as being a successful president. And the level of opposition that DeSantis faced in Florida is not the same as the level of opposition Trump faced as president True. And, True. As, and as an ex-president. True. True. No question. Yeah, the problem is different, different he, he wants the job under those conditions. He knows those are the conditions of the job. So are you saying the opposition is too much for him, in which case he should withdraw from the primaries? I, I'm saying this, this, we need to acknowledge the scale of the opposition 
And, you know, I think probably it, I would have loved to purge, you know, and it, it should have happened. But I don't blame Trump for not initiating a complete purge because look what happened in the final days of his administration when he was challenging what they wanted, what um, the rhinos wanted, what the never Trumpers wanted in the Republican Party and what the Democratic Party wanted and the media wanted. When he challenged them fully like that and said, no, the election was rigged, uh, which it was, when he did that, whole swathes of the government simply started ignoring his orders whilst he was still president. That's what anyone opposing the swamp is faced with from but, the beginning. But that gets us back to the January 6th people. The January 6th people heard exactly what you just said and said, you know what, we're going to go and defend our president. We think that there were electoral election irregularities and we're going to petition our government for redress of grievances. Trump didn't protect them then, and he hasn't protected them since. I think that's a real demerit, well, demerit against them. But how could, yes, he could have been more verbal, um, but how could he effectively protect them? That they, they, He would just be ignored, wouldn't he? How about if he just publicly said, here's $50 million, let's get the best lawyers we can. Does the guy with billions of dollars he not have $50 can't million? Dollars best, he, he can't get the best lawyers for himself. Yeah, I want to I want to go there because I wanted to talk about this Project 65, and that's what we're starting to trip onto now. The fact that the whole entire legal profession is afraid to touch anybody who's touched anybody who touched anybody who touched Trump is a horrific, horrific um what's the word I'm looking for? Set of events that's happening in this country right now. Nobody on the right can get a lawyer anymore. This is devastating. Now, somebody said that the few decent companies have to get rid of every woke lawyer firm, legal firm, because right now, none of us could probably get a lawyer because once we said something that was pro-Trump and they're pulling it off and that's really- Well, you know me. I'm sorry? You know me, you can get me. I, I, that's right. And the, I am sure you are blacklisted. And it's really, Maybe. really, this Project 65, if it is what it says, and that literally no lawyer will touch Trump. And, you know, I sent you guys that article that they defended the Boston massacre. John Adams was willing to defend massacrers, if there is such a word. But you can't defend Trump. You could defend Jeffrey Dahmer, but you can't defend Trump. You could defend Kaczynski. You can't defend Trump. And that is really a major problem. We know the J6ers had trouble getting lawyers because everybody was told, if you represent them, you'll never work again. And I don't know how you beat that one back. Well, if anyone can beat it back, it's Trump. He's a multi-billionaire. I mean, does he want to save the country or not? If he doesn't, fine. Let him go make as much money as he wants. I don't have anything against that. I love that about him. It's great. I, I respect it. But don't sit here and tell me that donating $400,000 of your salary for four years means you don't care about money and you're you're all about saving the country. I mean, that is, that's an example of both saving the country and saving himself. And well, he's not willing to do it. He's prepared to go to jail to save the country. So I think his commitment is pretty strong. Well, he's not I mean, going I'm to not jail so sure he's willing country. to go to jail. And I mean, honestly, I mean, as a lawyer, 
I have a real problem with how he's defending these cases. He's accepted gag orders. He has not been willing to to go all the way to the highest court, either in the state or the U.S. Supreme Court, and say, you cannot gag any criminal defendant, but especially someone who's a declared candidate for the highest office in the land. It's a First Amendment violation. It's election interference. You judges cannot do this. I am allowed to speak up and make my case to the public and defend myself and release whatever evidence I have. And as a criminal defendant, they have to give me their evidence. They can't just hold it back because they're afraid I'm going to exonerate myself. That's the whole point of what's going on. They are trying to shut him up. They're trying to to influence an election. Why isn't he making that case loudly? All he's saying is they're coming after me. How about going all the way to the Supreme Court and saying, I have a right to speak. I have a right to make my case. I have a right to disclose this evidence. And they have a duty to provide that evidence to me. They can't surprise me. They can't hold it back. I mean, that's what I would be doing if I were his lawyer and he were paying me. Well, let me ask you a question. Why isn't he doing that? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. He should be. I mean, you would think if nothing else, it stalls everything. But yes, he should fight everything all the way up, especially since uh, there's some. And he should be releasing all the evidence. He should be fighting to release it all. He should be saying, I have nothing to hide because he doesn't have anything to hide. The man is innocent. Okay, DeSantis should say it. Vivek should say the man is innocent and he should say it and he shouldn't be afraid to say it. And he should go to the highest court he has to to be able to say it and say, I'm innocent. These are bullshit charges. These are this is ridiculous. These judges are not only violating my personal First Amendment rights, but this is election interference by the judges, by the prosecutors, by all of them. It's not as if he hasn't said those things in in a, a typical. Yeah, Trump but has fashion. he appealed? Has he appealed the gag order? Yeah, he is. I don't know whether he's appealed the gag order, but he's. Uh, you know, he made the the case that this was all bullshit repeatedly, and he's. You know, he's he's done that, but he's not releasing details of the case. But now, I think I think he's not allowed to is Ed saying he should release details of the case because then he'd be arrested within, you know, well, minutes? But you know what? A, he should be fighting that legal battle all the way to the Supreme Court. And B, if he loses, yes. Okay. If he's willing to go to jail to save this republic, and, and I'm not, I, I, I don't say it lightly that somebody else should go to jail for me, but if that's your, if that's your position, and I don't mean you, Daniel, I mean, if Trump's position is, I'm willing to go to jail to save this country. Okay, put up. Put up or shut up. Stop saying that if you're not willing to. I think the people on the left would have appealed that gag order within 10 minutes. And it is curious why he doesn't. I think I think it, again, can be put down to the advice he's receiving. And, uh, you know... I, I think there will be instances where he's being told that um, if he pushes back in certain ways, it will get worse for him and for other people. How much worse can it get? Um, what is he waiting I, for? I think he, I think he believes that the system will come right in the end and <laughs> that this can't happen in America, that he'll be put in prison. It's happening, prison though. It is happening. It is happening. But he has a, he has a huge faith 
in America, which is, you know, I, I, I don't know how we could have that faith at this point. We're being persecuted left and right. It's not just him. It's it's all of us. Listen, I know, no, that's, that's his greatness and it's his weakness. Because Daniel, if he has any he faith, the system will come right. If he has any faith in the system after they raided his wife's underwear drawer, then he needs help. And okay. they, wire, they wiretapped him and everything. Yes, I mean, there's I mean, no reason he should have any faith. And I think Ed's question about why they're not in court appealing every single word that goes on in court, because that's how the other side fights. They will fight every little tiny thing that happens. Well, I, yeah, I imagine that he's acting in accordance with the advice of his lawyers. Right. The, the problem with that is, Daniel... For some he, reason, his lawyers are advising him not to do that. Right. The problem with that argument is that gets back to the whole, what did he do while he was president? And at a certain point, you hired the lawyer. And at a certain point, you can't hide behind that anymore. You know, he said, I was just listening to Fauci and I was just listening to this one. At a certain point, he needs to find better advice. Because I think Ed's point is a really strong point. Why are you folding? And if the if a past president and current leading candidate folds, then what? He's, he's not. I don't. I don't think it's fair to say he's folding. He's folding. He accepted folding a would be folding would be some kind of plea bargain where he accepts that that he's guilty of the things they're saying he's done. No, folding or that is, those things are wrong. Folding. Uh, he hasn't plea bargained, has he? But, okay. What I understand. I, I don't know if it's folding. Day, maybe poor decision making and poor choices. He's accepting the fact that there's yo-yo courts, these lower courts can tell a past president and current candidate what to do. And I think that in a big way is folding. And if we want DeSantis and other candidates to fight, um, he's prominent enough that he has to fight this fight. And say no, I'm not going to back down. I mean, if you but, personally, I mean, let's say that you personally were the victim of one of these things, and let's say you know, look at the January sixth defendants. They all accepted the system. They all were uh, went along for the interviews. They, you know, most people will obey the system to the extent of following the standard rules as a case is proceeding, and that's what Trump's doing. How is appealing a gag order not following the system's rules? In a lot of ways, we have to remember that rich people, the one, one of the purposes of rich people, besides the fact that they're all trying to take over the country and the world, um, is that they're the only ones really able to fight back the system. It's one of Julius Caesar's, um, you know, it's why Julius Caesar was... Uh, was able to be successful. And, and in a lot of ways, it's why our founding fathers were able to be successful because they had enough money, at least at the beginning of the war, many of them died in penury, but at least at the beginning of the war to affect sort of change. And I think um, to the extent that Trump uses his money to, um, to try to affect change, I, I think that's good. What I don't see is him doing that. You know what I mean? Uh, there, there are a lot of, there like, um, I forget the author, the, the my, fa <laughs> my favorite author by brains that, Kurt you know, Schlichter? The, yeah, no, Kurt Schlichter is my favorite columnist, oh, okay. yeah, but uh, uh, Charles Murray uh, wrote a book saying, um, you know, come, come one billionaire, come all, let's set up a foundation whose job is solely to sue the government and, over silly stuff. 
on behalf of individuals who are oppressed by the government. And he said, you know, you wouldn't need much of a, a, a you know, seed capital for that, um, maybe 50, $100 million to set up, uh, to set up an organization that um, all they would do was sue the government for violating people's rights, individuals' rights, not like, you know, they, they find a person being oppressed and they, and they, um, they help defend that person. Like the J6ers, right? Somebody who's being obviously oppressed. Wasn't by the that the ACLU's mission at one point? Yeah, I mean the ACLU, um, you know, has gone off the rails like all these organizations lately. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that's, um, you know, a lot of them have gone completely nuts over the last uh, twenty years, and you know, after nine eleven, I think. Uh, which was a big, a big change, uh, or you know, really Clinton. Clinton really changed everything because he he, he allegedly moved to the right on certain policies to try and win over businessmen to donate to the Democrats. Businessmen had been mostly Republican before that, and um, and I think that that started it. Right? I mean, that started the Clinton never won a majority, right? Um, but uh, I think he started the idea. I think Cl the Clinton was... administration's prosecution of Microsoft is where that all changed. When he went after Bill Gates and made Bill Gates cry uncle, every businessman in the country stood up and took notice and said, I better play ball with these guys. So, I, you know, it's hard because I think the billionaires uh, spend money basically on um, promoting themselves. Trump to his credit, you know, did spend some of his money. Uh, uh, he didn't have a lot of cash, right? He had real estate, but he spent some of his money on on the first kid's first campaign in 2016, trying to promote the, you know, issues. Um, but it does seem like you know he is somewhat issueless now. I, I mean, I know he puts out all all these statements and things, but you know he's. He's arguing on the abuse of the justice system. And obviously, to him, that's a big deal. But to the rest of us, it's not as big a deal. I mean, I don't want to see him go to jail. But like the way for him not to go to jail is to win the election. The way for him to win the election is to put out a platform that is unbeatable even by cheating. Um, he, he, still, he still has two big issues, doesn't he, that, are, that he's got a very strong record on. Uh, one is the foreign policy and being the candidate who opposes the perpetual war party um and you know and was pretty much right about everything on foreign policy um you know contained china contained russia um didn't cr enter any new wars um and you know as uh, tucker said in one of his uh, um broadcast recently you know one of his his twitter broadcasts um that is a significant reason why members of both parties wanted rid of trump because the perpetual war is profitable for for those party members um so that's a very very strong platform in his favor that you know and what he would do in relation to ukraine for example which would be immediately try and have peace talks uh, and that's what's needed by sensible people. Uh, and, you know, it's a very, very strong platform. Um, he's got that and he's got the border. 
Um, so I, I don't think it's fair to say he hasn't got issues because the, the border issue is massive. Uh, and clearly he would, um, you know, uh, try and do the things that he did before. And he would be protecting the border and supporting ICE and, and doing all the things that have been abandoned since he was ousted. I, I, I think you're largely right about that, Daniel. But I, I think, you know, we're not in 2016 now and the the battle is being waged on the cultural battlefield more than any place else and i'm not sure that i'm hearing from him what i would want to hear when it comes to a lot of this stuff whether it's what's going on in schools with with the uh you know all the um the, the pride stuff and all this other stuff that's going on like disney yeah you know i mean and that's an area where i, I think DeSantis has an edge on him because he utilized his platform as govern, governor to go after some of these co uh, companies, including Disney in his home state. So I'm not sure that Trump totally has his finger on the pulse right now. Well, I, do, I, think, I do agree I think about they, the border. I don't know that foreign policy animates people as much. Probably not. But, it, it you know, for non-Americans, it's pretty significant because uh, it impacts all of us. Um, but right. uh, but I, I think. Uh, I think a very urgent thing, which I, I'm not hearing from uh, any of the candidates really, is we need to do something about the power of the investment banks and we need to do something about ESG. And the, well, Vivek you know, is very strong on that. that. Vivek, Sorry? Talks, Vivek is very strong on that. He talks about it all the time. He created a whole fund called the Strive Fund to to combat the ESG funds, to combat the Black Rocks and the Vanguards. I mean, Van, uh, Vivek has done some really good things and he's talked about those things. Well, I, I almost think that for DeSantis or Trump, uh, a way to signal that they're serious um, and will fight is to, to um, try and get Vivek as their VP pick. I think Trump has a much better chance of securing that than DeSantis does. I mean, let's face it. He's running on the see, I told you so platform right now, basically. That, that, that's going to be his argument <laughs> pretty much, right? Biden screwed everything up. See, I told you so. He messed up this uh, in foreign policy. He, you know, uh, but it is pretty true, there. though, isn't it? They, they, well, true. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it is. But I, I don't know that that. That's going to get him where he needs to be. But I, I think he has a couple of challenges, which is having a more concretized platform to run on and getting strongly on these cultural issues. And I think broad, the broader point is not only Trump, the Trump campaign, but the Republicans at large need to be able to win this battle on early voting. And I'm not sure that there's a plan in place. But, you know, that that applies to all the Republican candidates, not just of course, Trump. That's, that's what I'm what, saying. What really is unique to Trump, though, I mean, I, I work out in the gym every morning and they've got, you know, they've got all all the, all these channels on. I see CNN and Fox and MSNBC and and CNN and MSNBC all morning long. They have Trump news and it's how how Trump is a criminal and how mm -hmm. Trump did this and how Trump is. Uh, you know, things are getting bad for Trump. And that's why the gag order is such a big deal to me. He can't fight back. 
They are the same way that Trump is defining DeSantis. Trump is defining DeSantis. And and I and I, I said I've got lots I can criticize about DeSantis. He is silent. He is not. He is allowing Trump to define who he is and who Trump is. And in the same way, Trump is allowing MSNBC and CNN to define him as a criminal when it's. In but both they're going to lie about him no matter what. But, but he's not him. able to fight back. He's not able to fight back. He has to fight back. He's going to tank the entire Republican ticket because they're they're making him out to be the, the, the head of the mafia. And 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 if the Republicans nominate him, then the Republicans are the mafia, too. Well, and, that's just protection, isn't it? Because they are the ones. Is projection. I mean, oh, of course, everything that they every accusation they make is, is an admission. I've been saying that since show number one. And, you know, but he he has to fight back. He can't just let them keep saying these things. And he he says a lot on Truth Social, but he's limited in what he can say. He can't fight. He's fighting not just for his life, but for all of us. And we can't have our leader fighting with his hands tied behind his back. In terms of getting a message across, um, you know, the, the first thing I'd say to Trump is, Look at Tucker. You know, look at the millions of views there. And um, I, I would say to him, um, do have someone write a good script 10 minutes a time and do every every week or every day um, Trump's view and put that out there. Put it on Twitter, put it on Rumble, put it wherever. But let's yep. take, and let's take number the number of views that would get. Let's take the Bragg indictment, which they're they're calling him a tax cheat. Now, he's calling Hunter Biden a tax cheat and he's comparing and all the rest. And and he's right about all that. But he has to be able to say, what is the evidence? I've asked for this evidence. They won't give it to me. I've asked for this evidence. This is how little that they have. But he can't he can't do that because that would violate the gag order. That is crucial. He needs to be able to say that. And I, and, and I get, I mean, to me, I mean, this just me, I would not only fight it to the Supreme Court, but if the Supreme Court upheld that gag order, God damn it, I would still violate it. They would drag me to jail. There is no way I would let them silence me over such an obvious railroading. And if they're going to, if they're going to railroad me that way, well, I'm going to go down fighting and I'm going to let as many people know about it as possible. I mean, that's just how that's just me. We have discussed this sometime on the podcast before that, like to be a successful real estate developer in New York, you have to have good lawyers who and you have to listen to them. You know what I mean? Because if you don't listen to the lawyers, you're going to end up in jail. And to a certain extent, we know that while Trump says a lot of crap and has done stuff right up to the edge of the law, he never really has violated these, you know, these indictments but being bogus as they are. Um, I have a feeling he tends to listen to his lawyers a little bit too much. And his lawyers are telling him you can't violate a gag order up judges, you know, king and how about, in his how courtroom. About Steve, look at Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yeah, Steve Bannon. Well, again, rich guy, right? Rich guy. There's the difference between legal advice and political advice. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, he, 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 this is politics. It's not just about his hide, you know, so he does, he does need to fight. And you need to use all the tools in your arsenal. And I want to get behind him. I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to attack him. I'm exhorting him. You know, Daniel, you're his biggest supporter. Exhort him. I'll jump behind him, but I'm not getting in front of him. He needs to fight. He's not fighting. He says he's a fighter. Well, he needs to fight big time. Uh, He is fighting, but he's fighting within the rules. And, you know, this this is the one of the great ironies, isn't it? Because all along we've been told that that Trump breaks all the rules and that Trump is, uh, um, you know, he breaks the rules of decorum. Yeah, we're 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 told that he's this kind of would be dictator who breaks all the rules, and he followed all the rules as president, and he's following all the rules as a candidate. And and uh, um, he will rail against it, and he will um, criticize it. But um, if a judge order, orders something, then he obeys it because he's not a dictator, and he's not a would be dictator. Um, you know, if I he agree. was more like what they claim he is, he would be fighting more effectively. Can I switch subjects um, in honor of Pride Month, please? <laughs> um, there's several stories out there of interest to me because I've been asking for years when Pride comes up against Islam, what's going to happen? And I put several stories in the show notes. One of them, I believe, is a British story. So since I have a Brit on here, Kaylee, K-E-I-G-H-L-E-Y, that's a town in England, I assume? Yeah. Okay, so this is a British story. A Muslim mayor who apologized for attending a pride event as it contradicted his religious beliefs has stood down. So basically, he attended the event. Then he apologized for attending the event, seemingly because it went against his Muslim faith. And now the pride people came out against him apologizing. So now he lost his job anyway. Are you following the story? This, this is going to, it's going to trip up a lot of uh, people because there's an inherent contradiction um, in the kind of woke position. Because the woke position is that um, everything LGBTQ plus and whatever else they want to add to it is wonderful and must be supported. And it's also the, all criticism of Islam is Islamophobia and Islam is wonderful. And of course, Islam doesn't have very uh, enlightened views regarding homosexuals. So, or um, anything else. Or anything else, yeah. So, um, you know, the, this is a real problem for the Labour Party because the Labour Party has two constituencies backing it that are completely opposite. Um, you know, the the... There's pictures you can see from local, um, in general elections and in local elections in the UK, where you can see that they've got a Muslim block vote working for them in certain areas, because they these people basically get instructed in their local mosque who they're going to vote for. Uh, and they all go en masse, uh, led by community leaders, to vote for the Labour Party. And uh, you can see Labour candidates standing there and all of their volunteers, all of their supporters in photos are Muslims. Um, So they've got that. But at the same time, 
uh, all of the people that are incredibly woke and uh, incredibly supportive of the, the politi politicization of, of gay rights are also Labour voters. Uh, and they're going to really struggle to, to, to bridge that gap because these two things are opposites. Yeah, well, I've been waiting for months, actually for years for this to happen. So there was another story that a suburb of Detroit, the all-Muslim city council in suburban Detroit, unanimous, unanimously voted to ban pride flags from city property. I mean, this clash is a long time in coming. And the left is really stuck because the left is always pro-Islam. And I mean, you know, just look at how it works with Israel. But they're not stuck, Stephen. Okay, why not? Because they're, they're not, not Islam, they're not pro-gay, they're anti-America. Yeah, they're Islam anti is anti-America, so they're going to support the Muslims. But they can't... Anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-American, and to a certain extent now anti-Jewish, or yes, at least anti-Orthodox Jewish. That's, that's on their side, Ed. But on the Muslim side, they're not going to put up with it. Okay, and if the Muslims right. have to burn down a city to stop pride flags, they'll do that. Well, see, that's the, the interesting thing. Object. If you look at... If you if you read Tommy Robinson's book uh, *Enemy of the State*, he talks about how um, the Muslims, you know, really stick together over in the UK and in those areas that are predominantly Muslim. If the police dare to arrest any of the Muslims for any of the crimes they do, um, the whole Muslim community will surround the um, police station. And uh, and this is again from his firsthand or or worse secondhand accounts. And, you know, they don't say they're going to burn down the police station, but the police know they're going to burn down the police station if they don't let the criminal go. And I think that technique is not so much used in the United States, except in a few places like Minneapolis and Detroit. But it's used everywhere. Yet. It's used everywhere by blacks, basically. So that's the, um, you know, uh, blacks in America in the black community in America is similar in that way that, that there's a substantial threat of burning down the whole, um, you know, city like they did in 2020 if uh, they don't get their way. And the Muslims are in a lot of ways the same way. And and we aren't because we're law-abiding citizens, you know. And that's, in fact, in this sort of pressure group street warfare of why America, that is a negative on our part, really. I just think it's going to, it's, you know, like Daniel's saying in England, this is really tough on a coalition where Muslims at a certain point are not going to be voting for Democrats. And they're going to have, they already have their own small enclaves in several places. But there's no way that the left can pacify the Muslims on this because Muslims actually have beliefs. But I think that the common belief in hating America is what's going to keep them together. And they'll just be silent about that. I, you know, it's, I, I don't want to talk ill of other religions, especially when it's my own. There are religions that will do that. I don't know that the Muslims will. Muslims, to my knowledge, have religious principles and I don't see them selling them out. They won't, they won't compromise. Um, what the, what the, the kind of progressive politician who's trying to assuage those rival demographics that, that he's, coerced into supporting him what what he will do is um he will you know one day go to a pride festival and and dress in rainbow colors 
and the next day go to a mosque and uh, dress very traditionally in 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 mosque this is wear. The the guy who run, uh, runs Scotland now, the non-Scottish person. Who what, runs, whether, runs you're Scotland. whether you're Labour in the UK or whether you're Democrats in the US, there's no question as to who's the one compromising. The Muslims aren't going to be the ones compromising. It'll be the leftists that compromise. It'll be the leftists that grovel. The Muslims won't grovel. But how can they okay, grovel they when you're groveling for the pride people? You can't grovel to both. I think the Muslims um, will do, they, let you grovel they, as they, long as they control you. The, the progressives will grovel to both. Um, yep, exactly. Uh, and the, 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 I think the Muslims will ignore it until their, their numbers are sufficient that they can have an all-out Muslim party. And right, right. You know, that's, what that's what they're waiting for. But you're so also seeing that now that they have their own cities. Now they finally do have a few cities they control. And as soon as they have that power, they're going to flex it. And I think it's a big problem for the left. You can't both worship pride and suck up to Muslims. It's not going to work. And at a certain point, if Buttigieg wants to go to Dearborn, they just won't let him in. But to an extent, the leftists believe their own propaganda, don't they? Because yeah. their propaganda is to tell everyone that the Muslims aren't a threat and that the Muslims are uh, just like us and want to be peaceful and want to integrate and they're all lovely and it's only bigots and far-right extremists that notice any of the actual attitudes of Islam. But um, I don't know how you see. I, don't I, I think problem. they believe it themselves. Daniel, I don't have a problem with the Muslim attitude, and I think they have a right to ban pride flags. So as long as they're not burning down buildings, so I, I got to respect that they have a religious belief that they're willing to stand behind. And the left is going to. Well, I mean, I, I differ in that I don't respect anything about Islam. Uh, so, um, well, I, but, I respect people with principles, and I don't automatically think that every Muslim is a terrorist. So I, I don't, I don't see it that way. No, I, I don't think they are. But um, you can have uh, uh, you can have Muslims who are moderates, but you can't have good Muslims who are moderates. You know, because you, the actual instructions are to be pretty brutal. To, towards everyone who is not a Muslim. So and that, that's the, the fact that there the is a, There is an issue with some of these groups that uh, people need to understand, and that is that in, in small numbers, they behave well. It's only in these large ghettos where the worst among them become the people who sort of drive the community and uh, in the United States, we don't have that very much. We have, you know, the Minneapolis catastrophe and the Dearborn catastrophe. Um, but in the United Kingdom, there are a lot of these large Pakistani ghettos. And, um, and in that sense, Muslims in the United States tend to, like my neighbor, um, tend to behave normally um, because he's just one family in a large area. But in these ghettos, then these radical imams get, you know, get control. The madrasas. And, and, the, and the enforcers, right? They have enforcers. It's, it's kind of Islam, you know, in that kind of thing is, is like the mob, right? It's, you know, it, it's indistinguishable from the mafia. The protection money 
going to the mosque. The mosque has its enforcers. The uh, the whole um, the whole system is is basically a giant grift. Um, so it, it it but a violent one, and um, and they need the violence to keep the religion, you know, in charge because anybody who thinks for themselves will realize that uh, Islam is ridiculous. So. Um, so it, it's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, the United States is a little bit better off. I mean, we have our own problems with, with African-Americans, but, uh, but it's better off than the United Kingdom because the United Kingdom brings these Muslims in from Pakistan, from India, from Africa, and they just concentrate them together. And it's just, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst of the, of the group of people all and, and we're, one we're not thing. actually the worst in Europe. I mean, France and Germany are probably yeah. worse off than we are. Um, so yeah, I don't care about them. It's a massive problem for Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Mike, um, as our resident Catholic, if I can put you up as a token <laughs> here, would you be more or less proud of the Catholic Church if they said, you know what, pride doesn't jive with our religious beliefs and they stuck up for something? Well, of course, I'd be prouder if they stood up for their beliefs. You know, they don't see it enough. I mean, there was a story a few weeks ago uh, via the Heritage Foundation. I saw they were they were planning a pride mass in a, a church out, outside of Pittsburgh, I believe, until I don't know if it was um, a cardinal or whatever. Somebody uh, found out about it higher up and they're like, no, 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 we're not. This is this is not happening. I mean, they're they're infiltrating the Catholic Church. That would ne obviously never happen in, in Muslim faith. And I would, <laughs> you know what I mean? Infiltrating. Was, I mean, they've got, they've got one of their own as, as, pope. as the Pope. Yeah. Well, listen, the infiltration has long since happened. I mean, I don't know everything he said about some of this stuff. I think he has said some things that prior popes probably would never have said. Um, I mean, what is what is the Catholic Church doing about the whole Los Angeles Dodgers I mean, drag nuns thing? I I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, listen, I'm I'm more concerned about everyday Catholics and Christians of other faiths who go along with all this pride stuff. You can't have your foot in both these camps. I'm sorry. I just I just don't see how that's, that's possible. You 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 can't say I'm I'm a Christian and I I believe that homosexuality is a sin. Well, right, <laughs> and then turn around and, and and say that you're basically out there not not just accepting people, but the behavior. Well, you mean you can't be a Catholic president? Uh, well, any anybody, uh, listen. There obviously there are a lot of Catholics in the, the Democratic Party that push pro-choice policy. Like they're they're off the reservation with their faith. Yeah. Totally. Sorry. But you notice that the Dodgers are not going to um, invite drag imams. <laughs> uh, uh, no. You, you understand that Lauren Southern was banned from the United Kingdom for setting up a table that said Allah is gay. Really? Banned her from the country for life. Can't Did do you that. you have any evidence for that? Well, I mean, she was just supporting uh, pride. Uh, oh, okay. The, Maybe she the made the whether Allery was gay. I think she meant he was joyful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, 
our authorities, um, you know, and obviously the most famous example is the grooming gangs, but um, our authorities are terrified of Islam. And, uh, and, and it's one of the ways in which people who are of a progressive mindset and conservatives who want to, you know, alleged conservatives who want to pander to that, uh, signal their virtue. The one of the easiest ways is to say how supportive they are of Britain's Islamic community. Um, it's instant virtue points with with every other progressive. Um, and you know, virtually the entire Conservative Party do it as almost as much as Labour. Uh, what they haven't got that Labour have got is a kind of formal alliance where the moss will actually go out and leaflet for them and they'll drum up all the community uh, supporters and activists that the party needs in that area. Uh, you know, Labour have got that locked down. But when the, when the kind of uh, um, the, the Muslims are at the point where they've got sufficient numbers, they will form their own political party and they will move away from Labour in droves. But it, that hasn't happened yet. Right, and because you're a coalition government, they can do that much easier than they can do it here, correct? Well, we're, we're not a coalition government at the moment, are we? we we've got a Tory party with an 80-seat majority, but they are way behind in the polls and they're going to collapse. We might have a coalition next time, but at the moment, the Tories are looking so bad that it's it's looking like it's heading for a, a Labour majority. But what I'm saying is uh, they're not a two-party system, so they don't need a majority of parliament. They need a block in parliament. Well, they're yeah. not a two-party system. Uh, they're, you know, for, they've had, uh, the United Kingdom has had uh, four very large parties uh, uh, since, uh, for the last 120 odd years, right? The, the Conservatives, the Labour, the Liberals, who have was were actually in partner in government uh, a couple of terms back, and and now the Scottish National Party in Scotland, which basically takes all of the Scottish seats. So it's, um, you know, uh, the Muslim. What what Daniel's kind of saying is the Muslims are going to take the at some point uh, forms a Muslim National Party to synonymous like with the. Scottish National Party and and, uh, and become a real power in the country. Right, which I'm saying you can't do here because we're a two-party system. That, well, yeah, I mean, that is right. You can do it like in localities though, like in- Yes, 100%. Like in Israel, in Israel is where it's a coalition, if you can get a new party with 12 seats, you can run the entire government because you're swing. So here you can't do that because you won't have any- power. Yeah. Um, I want we first we are we are a two party system really because um, you know there's there's been no prospect of anyone other than Labour or Conservatives forming a government uh, certainly in you know in my lifetime um, and yeah yeah so um, you know the the Liberals uh, really uh, collapsed at the the very start of the 20th century. And they've never fully recovered to what they were from then. Um, so yes, they can they can take seats, they can do well in local elections, they can have, you know, they can get up to 50 or 60 MPs out of 650 odd. Um, and the SNP can completely dominate Scotland and can have 59 MPs from that. But they um 
they won't form a government. What they can do is, is form a key partner in a coalition. Um, but it will either be a Labour or a Conservative government. And um, the, the big problem with the first past the post system that we have is that for a party to come from nowhere is very, very difficult. But I, I think what probably what the Muslims will do is that they will have that regional basis from these ghettoized areas and they will uh, elect um, Labour MPs and then a chunk of those Labour MPs will defect to form a Muslim party. Um, I think that's probably how it will go. Okay. Um, Unless you become prime minister, Daniel, then you can take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then, then obviously, the, then uh, um, I become worse than Trump as I um, uh, ban further Muslim immigration. <laughs> but um, uh, what about this? I'm sorry to delay, but since I've got Daniel, what about this nonsense of uh, of Nigel Farage cozying up to Boris Johnson? Have you heard that? Is that true? Yeah, um, I don't know any details on that it wouldn't surprise me at all because Farage has always been although he's been a kind of outsider because of Brexit he's always most of his instincts are old Tory ones really he's a free market Tory uh, in, in everything except Brexit um, so um, he would cozy up to Boris Johnson fairly easily I don't know whether Boris Johnson would do it um, but he's pretty angry about the way he was ousted. So maybe that would spark it. Why is Brexit not pro-free market? I think it's very pro-free market. It is, but that's not how the, the, the kind of business interests in the UK see it. The business in, interests in the UK well, are the very... Well, business different. interests say it. We should just bow down. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for telling them to get stuffed, but... Um, well, know, I'm trying to make you prime minister. Can we donate the, to your campaign or, or farm money banned? Yeah, but the, the, the Tory party it was full of Remainers. And, you know, um, the, the, the ones who backed Brexit were a minority in the Tory party. Yeah. Well, it's getting near the end. I have a couple of things to bring up. It's totally different. If anybody uh, give Fire me a minute. Away. Fire away. Yep. One minute. One minute. Just kidding. One Go minute. Ahead. One minute. Yeah. Start the timer. Okay. Uh, my main man, RFK Jr., was on uh, Joe Rogan the other day, and he was talking about vaccines. I, I thought that was an interesting discussion. I've heard him talk about that before. And uh, Rogan came under fire by... Um, a guy who's some sort of a, a you know, pharma shill, uh, Dr. Paul Offit mm -hmm. on uh, Twitter. And Joe, and Joe Rogan said, hey, why, why don't you come on and, and debate? Yeah. You know, why don't you come on and debate that? Wouldn't, wouldn't, that, be, wouldn't that be fun? Um, and you'd get a much bigger platform for your views to show that RFK Jr. is, is wrong on this if you come on and do it. And man, neither he nor anyone else who's a pharma shill uh, would dare come on uh, Rogan and debate uh, vaccines. $100,000. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, to a, to a charity grand, choice. 
Yeah, you saw probably my Fauci, one. right? <laughs> I was going to bring this up too, but yeah, he he offered a uh, hundred grand for a charity of his choice, and uh, of course the the little weasel doesn't want to come up. No, no, because he knows he'll have his ass handed to him because Kennedy is a uh, way smarter and more knowledgeable. Okay, that was the first topic. I love that story. Second topic, there's an article in the show notes uh, with BMI is racist. And I, I really like this article. Um, what it says is that the definition of BMI um, does not really apply. Okay? It was normed to you know Europeans and does not really apply to Sub-Saharan Africans or East Asians. And that is 100% true. 100% true, but it also leads to the obvious conclusion that uh, that race is not just skin deep, that it goes deeper and deeper into the very structure of the uh, you know the physical body, which we all know anyway. We've watched the Olympics, um, so it's a it's a tough uh, it's a tough move for them to. Uh, to say BMI is racist, but then they have to turn around and say, well, no, no, it's just skin color. So that's uh, that was an interesting. And of course, the final story is our search for the lost sub tourist submarine. The uh, CEO of the company, I have a quote here. Um, the Titanic tour CEO didn't hire 50 year old white guys because they weren't quote inspirational to be engineers, you know, to build the submarine, which is now lost and to be in the submarine and to take it all. And so this, it comes under the fuck around and find out segment of our show. I think um, maybe us 50 year old white guys have some use uh, in engineering after all. So those are my three stories. I, I want to chime in two stories very quickly. A shout out to Elise Stefanik for making the Lindsey Graham mistake of trying to nationalize abortion bans. If you guys all, Hi. Mike, you're uh, you're muted. I, what is wrong with these people? That is my I, question. I, 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 like the like the kids say it nowadays. I can't even. You know, you spend even. fifty years trying to defederalize abortion, and the first thing you do is is when you win that fight is to try and refederalize it on the other side. Couldn't be more stupid. I can't even imagine the level of stupidity of these people. Right. And the other story I want to mention, which in a sense may be the biggest story, is this Maryland man who was locked out of his entire smart home system for a week because somebody thinks his ring doorbell says something racist. And that is a glimpse into the ESG future of literally having nothing in your house working. That is the future's here. Well, the future was here two years ago when I bought this house and they had the Google Nest uh, thermostats on them connected to the internet and whatnot. And like, I want the temperature to be what I want the temperature to be, but it was always trying to save the planet. And I'm like, how do you turn off the planet saving mode? How, how, when I set it at 71, I want it to be 71. I, I couldn't figure it out. So I just ripped them out and had the guys install. Now, the one I have is internet enabled, but it doesn't have a master talking to it anywhere. And when I set it to 71, by God, the temperature is 71. So I, I ripped Google out of my house. I recommend all the listeners uh, rip Google out of their house too. And Amazon. 71 degrees in your house? How do you not melt? 71? What's wrong with 71? 71. My office right now is a very, very comfortable 82.6. And that's how I like it. Oh I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at 77 right now. Wow. Wow. I live in an igloo. 
<laughs> uh, no, you don't. Other people in my house like it around 65. We'll leave it at that. That's about where I keep it. 60, oh, wow. 65 <laughs> to 68. In North Carolina, 65? Man, that you have your own separate nuclear power plant for that. <laughs> Ritzy. Okay, Mike, uh, story we didn't cover that you wanted to cover real quick? Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of wanted to talk about Juneteenth for a second. Um, it's all yours. Belatedly. So, you know, I've just been thinking about this a bit, and, and let's put aside the fact that this is a little bit of a contrived thing and probably not worth, worthy of being a federal holiday and all that. And we could talk about Lincoln and the 13th Amendment. And, I don't understand. It was the no. day that, the, um, you know, Julius and Ethel, Ethel Rosenberg were executed for giving away nuclear secrets. I mean, that should be a national holiday. I don't understand oh, what yeah. you're talking we, we probably have a lot of things that should be national holidays. Yeah. Um, but he, here's my thing. It's like, listen, if somebody wants to celebrate freedom and liberty, I'm all for it. I'll, I'll support it. You know, but I think that people like us, true liberty minded people, principled liberty minded people, we, we should co-opt June 19th every year. We should be co-opting Juneteenth. And that means we should be challenging people who are African-American, ancestors or slaves, whatever, to truly be free. And that means to get off of the reservation, the plantation of the Democratic Party. If they really want to be free, join us, understand truly what liberty is, not be shackled by the state and the government, but to really believe in individual liberty. I think every year we should be trying to co-op June 19th. Well, wasn't it Thomas Sowell who basically said there's no difference between the tax system and slavery since you're forced to work for other people? By the way, I saw in Britain the Tax Freedom Day this year was Juneteenth. Wow, jeez. It's probably, probably adjusted um, just to, um, you know, show our sympathy and understanding. Because you're nice uh, people. I think here it's still in May, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think um, June it, yet. I used to follow this a lot because the Tax Foundation would put this out every every year. Um, so I, it, I, I it, it, it has to be probably like mid-May, I would think by now. That's what I would. Think. Is it deliberate that Juneteenth sounds so subliterate and moronic? Ooh, Daniel. Oh yeah. Has to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, yesterday, I just a totally stupid story. I was in this meeting and they were showing this diagram of how things are going to connect and different things were different colors and they had this box in the middle and it was supposed to accept all inputs from all these systems and then change it and move it around. And they had it as a rainbow because obviously all these boxes. I'm like, yeah, that's good for pride. I mean, it, that's exactly kind of what the pride is about, you know, accepting inputs from all types of things. So that was my that was my pride at work uh, celebration yesterday. So you Have you are, seen the, 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 Can I just mention that in relation to pride, and I'll use this as as my one, my final. You one. can have two um, if you want, Dan. Yeah, no, no, I, I really want to get this one in because apparently they've designed a new uh, pride flag. I mean, this this must be the most rapidly changing flag in history. Um, and it's got a kind of infinity symbol on it. And the infinity symbol represents 
um, those who ha have uh, um, mental challenges or cognitive impairment. And I just think that's that's beautiful. And, and it, it's been needed on that flag for a long time. Um, you know, the, the, to acknowledge that most of the people who support this are indeed mentally challenged is, uh, is a wonderful thing. <laughs> is it true that Elon Musk banned cis and cisgender on Twitter? I hadn't heard that. No. That's what I heard. So I don't do much on Twitter, but that's pretty interesting. Does anybody know what cis means, by the way? You guys are all intelligent. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. It's Latin, right? It's, you know, means on this side, whereas trans means on the other side. Cis is Latin so for like side? So, so like cisalpine Gaul is Gaul on this side of the Alps and transalpine Gaul, where Julius Caesar was a consul, is on the other side of the Alps. So this side and on the other side. That's where it comes from. Now. I thought Latin's a dead language sense. that's not allowed in liberal universities. What am I missing? Hey, behind me, I have a degree I can't even read. That's how bad our education system is. Um, so, you know, don't talk to me about that. But yes, this is Latin for, you know, I'm sure if you look it up, it'll say something better than on this side, near maybe, near and far. But trans is kind of over. It's like over. Yes. Yeah. So. Chances on the other side. That one I got. All right, Daniel, you had another one that you were suppressing? Um, well, the, as we mentioned, the SNP, um, it's just the, the, the um, uh, recently stepped down leader of the SNP um, was arrested in the UK, which is pretty big. And uh, they, they can't claim that it's a kind of Trump-style um campaign against her by her political opponents because um it seems to be for pretty straight up fraud that her and her husband are being investigated and um the tory party had no power in scotland really uh scotland's controlled by the smp entirely um the scottish police answer to them effectively so um yeah it's just kind of interesting that that uh, at the same time, we've got a purely political prosecution. We've got a prosecution over this uh, side of the pond of a politician that that um, seemed to have almost absolute power in Scotland a little while ago. Um, so possibly that's a good thing. Okay, Adam, clean up hitter. I don't really have a story. I mean, other than uh, Blinken going to visit Xi in, in Beijing, but uh, I'll just tie that to the, I mean, that's just an ancillary story. I mean, to me, the the story is, is, it's an unwritten story right now. I think that a lot of what we debated on the show today and a lot of what we're talking about in domestic politics with the woke stuff and Budweiser and the drag nuns at Dodger Stadium and all the rest, um, I think it's going to, and we started off the show talking about unity. Um, I, I think a unifying event is coming uh, in, in terms of foreign policy. Uh, it's been very eerily quiet on the foreign policy front for, for a while now. I mean, there's been a little bit of news from Ukraine that, you know, they've got, the, you know, that you know, we made a mistake in the accounting and they're getting more money. And, but it seems like it's almost, 
you know, it, it reminds me of the phony war in, in, in the in the spring of 1940, before the Germans took over France and, and really, uh, you know, imposed their will on Europe. And I don't know if Blinken went over to, to Xi to, to get his instructions on when the Chinese are going to invade Taiwan or uh, if that's less if it's less coordinated than that. I don't know. But uh, I think something big is coming. Um it's way too quiet. Uh, on the Remember, the Korean War started when U.S. diplomats said that uh, uh, South Korea was outside of our interest. Our, our, and the our Iraq War America. started. Correct. And the Iraq War started Same when uh, uh, they said, ah, Kuwait, who cares? Um, right. So, you know, oh. our diplomats are great at starting wars that kill lots of people. They're fantastic at it. So I, I don't doubt that uh, they will help start a war in East Asia. I, I wonder if that's coming. I mean, the, the Fed halted its interest rate hikes, uh, which tells me that maybe they think that they've done enough damage for now. Um, we'll see. Uh, something something outside of this cultural war is, is, is I think, going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, I know I'm, I've been sort of the, the boy who cried wolf on that for, for a couple of years now, but uh, it's too quiet. Something something seems like it's coming, wow. and I don't know what it's going to be, but that's just my sense. They may be saving something for our election. No, I don't think they'd wait till election day. I think if they want to influence the election, it's got to be before then. Well, I'm saying during our election year, not today. Any time... In 2024, I did see some story. I mean, mention, mentioning that, I did see some story where uh, you know they're they're talking about COVID coming back or some other virus coming back. Uh, we didn't talk about that, but I don't really have much information on that other than that I saw a story about it. Hmm. Oh, Justin, the House did censure Adam Schiff, but no fine this time. So they did censure. Wow! Right now, but no fine. Um, don't know, uh, you know, Massey really put his foot in a big pile of horseshit last week, but I, 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 I kind of agree with him. I don't know whether the House can find its own members. It depends on the rules, I, and I am not an expert on the rules, but if it can find its own members, if it's in the rules, then they should have fined him more than $16 million for all of his lies. But at least they did something, which means- what, You're going to do that. Why not just expel the guy? Yeah, they don't have the two thirds power to do that. Yeah, need two thirds, but he is a scumbag of epic proportions. So at least they got around to saying he's a scumbag of epic proportions. <laughs> um, see, I would write the censure document a little differently than House. It's just me. All right. Well, we should be running the world, all five of us. Since we're all moving to Britain when Daniel's elected, we don't really care what happens here anymore. <laughs> but we're going to have to all take driving lessons. <laughs> okay, folks, we'll close it out for this evening. It was wonderful to have all five of us here together. A nice, lively discussion. We'll be back next week, same time. Please send feedback oh, to conservative. Hang on, one other thing. Daniel, you're starting a oh, sub stack. Yeah, um, uh, I, I was saying that I'd have that up this week. I, I might have it up tomorrow. 
if not, it will probably be Monday or Tuesday next week that is it's active. I'll tell people on Facebook about it um, and share a link. So, yeah, but um, uh, hopefully I'll be able to put a lot of writing on there and a lot of old posts as well that, that uh, you know, some of the better writing of, of those I'll put on there as well. Um, Anyone who can and- hear our voices, sign up for Daniel Substack. He's a brilliant writer. Does he only accept payment in pounds? I'll, I'll accept payment in um, potatoes, anything I can get. Um, <laughs> just not euros, though. Yeah, just not euros. Uh, out of principle, I won't take those. Bitcoin and goldbacks. Yeah. Okay. Right. Support Daniel Jupp. One hundred. Yeah, Daniel, as soon as you get Thank that, you. we will be happy to link to you. Okay, cheers. All right, just let us know. I wish everyone a wonderful evening and see you next week.